Got overwhelm? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at OverwhelmSucks.com. Andy Foote trained to be a lawyer to please his mother, and unsurprisingly, that didn't work out. He drifted from one job to another, frequently bored, never quite fulfilling his waning potential, until he discovered LinkedIn in 2008. Counselor, welcome to the show. What are you talking about? <laughs> Listen, I didn't know that you trained to be a lawyer. So I said, you know, I had to call him counselor. But over in Britain, they don't call them counselors. What do they call them over there? What are lawyers called over there? Yeah, um, well, it would be it would be my honorable colleague, <laughs> I think. So, yeah, we get, oh, my goodness, I'm blanking. But we get to put something after our name i'll have I can't to, think I'll have of to it. google i'll have to yeah. google but i'm so out of the field it's 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 not true i qualified and then i decided to turn my back on the profession the legal profession because <laughs> it just it just wasn't me mark i just i couldn't mm -hmm. see myself in that in that gig for 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 you know years to come i also looked around and i saw one partner and he was constantly in a darkened room <laughs> and his and his hands his his chin was in his hands and he had this one light and it, it seemed like an interrogation <laughs> the guy was constantly down and and the others you know a lot of the other partners in that particular firm were very egocentric which you know i kind of i probably would have fitted in there but yeah in terms of you know joie de vivre enjoying my work life i don't think i would have gotten it so that's why I decided to uh, kick it into touch and try something else. So I went into legal recruitment instead, which was which was fun, dynamic. It was kind of like a hot house. So we had people both on the candidate side and on the client side, and it was it was it was a fun period for me in London. I'm gonna I'm gonna try something. This is gonna scare me. I'm gonna ask Siri what they call a lawyer in Great Britain. What do they call a lawyer in Great Britain? Here's an answer from Diffin.com. England, oh, barristers. That's what they call them. Barristers. <laughs> I remember the first right. time I heard that barrister. So and I thought banister. No, barrister. Totally different yeah. word. So the difference between a barrister and a solicitor is a barrister will appear in in court. A solicitor, not all solicitors, some solicitors do have that ability. So that's the big general difference. And I just I did a quick search. And I can't find what the there's a there's a string of letters after ah. marks marks you out as a lawyer in the UK. But you know I'm sure this is incredibly exciting and interesting. To <laughs> well, listen, anybody one. who doesn't know this about you, I think they'd find the first three minutes of this podcast fascinating. Fascinating. But don't worry, from here on out, we're going to talk about LinkedIn. The only question I want to ask you before we start getting into the conversation is the reaction. So right now, LinkedIn gives us seven reactions. The like, celebrate, support, funny, love, insightful, and what you call the baby emoji, which is the curious emoji. You have been railing against this emoji or this reaction for as long as I can remember they did give us the funny, but they left the, the baby there. The purple baby, you call it. Dude, I, I cannot stand it. And and the reason I think the reason is 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 quite logical for my for my distaste is that it's the only reaction uh, of the seven that can be misinterpreted, number one. Mm. Number two, part of that you know, interpretation could well be negative. Mm. And and number three 
it's it's uh, I think it's uh, designed by committee, decision by committee, which has come up with this awful, awful reaction, <laughs> which you know can be misread, can be negative. But f- frankly, if you're genuinely curious, then comment and ask, <laughs> right? Ask, let that curiosity fly. And actually give the author and anyone else, frankly, who's engaging within comments, something to get their teeth into and something to actually that back and forth. Instead of just dropping Purple Baby and then going on with your life, that's that's a big, big question mark mistake as far where I'm sitting. So, And I understand that different countries have uh, have different approaches because I've been I've been banging on about how much I hate it for so long. <laughs> I've had other countries, other people from other countries say, "Yes, well, but this is genuinely curious. This is how we we express ourselves." Yeah, I get it. But as I said, it is very, very, very vague. As a none of the other reactions are vague, right? Every other reaction is completely <laughs> understood. This yeah, one like is the clap, uh, celebrate is people, uh, the hands clapping, uh, support is a yeah. hand with a heart in it. That's all makes sense. Every single one of them does. So I don't, I don't understand why. Well, I do understand. I mean, LinkedIn are trying to, you know, trying to be politically correct. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's decision by committee, which genuinely does does not work out well. <laughs> and what I was really hoping for, Mark, was that when they introduced the seventh, what I call fanacious reaction which was well needed for so so long Fanacious. i've never heard of that word before. So I could, I've, yeah what I does that word mean does that mean funny fun fun yeah okay. funny hilarious oh, funacious. i get it yeah, Got yeah. It. Okay. Funacious. so yeah I, I made that up and so i do that oh. i try to make stuff up and i hope they <laughs> hope they catch on <laughs> often they don't but yeah i was really i was desperately hoping that once fanacious came on the scene they would have just simply swapped it out with purple baby but alas uh, that did not happen. So LinkedIn will continue to get my wrath, continue to get my me poking, uh, poking the bear. Yeah. I love it. So I know one of the other things that you're really passionate about, I've been following Andy on LinkedIn for a number of years, and I'm one of his first degree connections. So that's how, how I rank in his world. But you have this, you get on the soapbox about self-love. So most people have heard from one LinkedIn expert or another, oh, you post something and immediately like your own post. And I used to do that too. I will freely admit, I used to do that too. And then I heard you say, and I'm going to let you explain why that's a silly thing to do. And now I don't do it anymore because I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, by the way, I just found out what the three letters were. Esquire. Okay. E- ESQ. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so if you ever see that in the UK, they'll write it on a, perhaps a letter or something. It'll be Andy Foot Esquire if you're still in the uh, legal trade. Uh, ESQ. So, yeah, so self-liking, uh, why, why don't I? I don't like it because uh, I think somewhere some years ago, someone said, oh, you know what? If you like your own content, you're going to get additional reach. <laughs> and, and straight away, I thought, what? Huh? Are you are you serious right now? So you are telling me that the super smart LinkedIn data scientists, right, will reward this manipulation, outright, right, obvious and public a- a manipulation of their algo or one of their algos. G- give me a break. All right. That, that's, that's a stupid, stupid theory. But unfortunately, it, it, it caught on. And a lot of people started not only liking their own posts, but then also, hmm. 
if, if I, I should get additional reach on everything. So I'm going to go ahead and like my own comments. Come <laughs> on. And then, you know, so A, it doesn't work. It would never, it never worked, right? B, it looks foolish. Everyone can see what you're doing. And if they don't understand, right, what you're trying to do, if they don't see it as manipulation, they see it as ridiculous, period right it's like and then the you know the responses i've had in the years when i've been criticizing this silly practice is well yeah I'm, i do it because i like my own stuff yeah well i like my own car but i don't kiss it before i start it up every morning <laughs> that's how ridiculous that is all right of course we like our own stuff just just don't do it right it's it's silly people you know see you as a manipulator that doesn't it doesn't work by the way they also think it's ridiculous and yet i know you know i know someone mentioning no names who does this and not only will will he i'll give you that much uh, like his own content and like his own comments he'll come back through his company page and like, it's like dude you're doubling down but people i mean come on come on self-awareness yeah don't don't do that silly stuff now i know you are a straight shooter when it comes to all things linkedin i really like your post that you have it's got a happy picture and a sour puss picture and two different sayings like something that makes you really happy and something that makes you grumpy so what i want you to do is i want you to take maybe two of two or three of the things that really annoy you or you find crazy about LinkedIn and share those with us. I, I love those type of posts. Yeah. So I saw, I can't remember. I can remember his first name, Adrian, somebody or other did this and I happened to see it. And he obviously, he had a, you know, a happy version of him and an unhappy version and he used it to great effect for his post. So I stole the idea uh, from him <laughs> And yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, an easy thing for me to do because in Canva, you just have that yep. and you just, you just change the text, right? It's super, super quick. It's all about the ideas, folks. Your ideas are, are, are key and then build it around that. But so some of the things that I'm, I'm unhappy about on LinkedIn without being too negative, uh, I think that um, reach for some reason is, is being reduced across the board for everyone which is significant and is problematic. That's, I, I don't understand why that's happening. I'm not sure if LinkedIn know, knows, but it's certainly, if you're paying close attention to these things, you're not getting the reach that you got for, for the same kind of quality of content that you got last year. So it's, it's, it's weird that views are, you know, substantially down. And if you listen to, you know, someone like uh, Richard van der Blom, he'll say that the, you know, the reach has reduced by some, I think, 30% on wow. last year. So that's significant. And it's worrying because in theory, you know, LinkedIn should be rewarding uh, you with more reach, especially if you're a constant, you know, a constant provider of free content. So that's kind of illogical, seems to be uh, unfair. Uh, that's that's the first thing that's top of my mind. And second thing is, well, you might throw into uh, throw into the mix of lack of reach. Uh, speaking personally, you might throw in bad mouthing. So if you're critical of LinkedIn, then it's it, it's perhaps possible that you know you're also getting dinged. And I'm I'm seeing some of that as well. So I'm you know hmm. I'm fiercely independent, and I don't you know I don't pull my punches. But on the other hand, I am biting the hand that feeds. And so, you know, from LinkedIn's perspective, why would you reward someone who is being critical of the platform with reach? Why don't we just cut him or her off? And I think that's what's happening, which is a shame because 
I, I think of LinkedIn as a, a multi-billion dollar generating machine that they're acting in this way. Possibly that's what I'm what I what I'm seeing to someone who is you know criticizing in the sense of look, I want you to do better, right? I want you to do better on a number of different fronts. And so my criticism is never just kicking kicking the the, the platform for the heck of it. It's kicking. It, it's actually drawing attention to things that should be improved. And my bottom line is, look, what can you do better for members? And that's where I'm coming from. So if I'm getting criticized for that, that's a bit sad, but it's also uh, it's it's also a bit pathetic, really. You know, if I'm getting if I'm getting uh, less reach because I'm being honest, that that to me doesn't doesn't uh, make much sense. And it says a lot about the platform, frankly, that, oh, yeah, they've got this power. And they'll use it, but I think to not not to good effect. I think there was I think Jay Bear Jay Bear once uh, wrote a book or said something about embracing embracing your haters, something along those lines. I thought absolutely mm. that is that is the mark of a progressive organization when you don't try and shut them down or shut them out. You actually say, yeah, well, these, this person might have a point. You know, let's take that on board. What do we do with this info? They're passionate. Right. Because they wouldn't be hating if they weren't passionate about something. Right. They would just move on. They would go 100%. away and, and, and spend on this. So that, that's my thinking. And I think it's 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 a it's a bit depressing and a bit sad mm. uh, because I certainly don't want to change the way that I, I, I produce content and the way that I express myself. I, I'd rather not do that. But of course, I do want an audience. So, you know, there is that. What else? What else am I thinking about LinkedIn uh, wise these days? Mm, I think I think the whole creator thing was a bit of a damp squib when. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, you know, you get creator managers and they're all sort of hoorah and cheerleaders and say, yeah, we think you're great. We think you're wonderful. What can we do to help you? And then suddenly that experiment fails or it's over. And then your creator manager says, yeah, we're not, we're, I'm not going to be your manager anymore. Goodbye. It's like, really? <laughs> it's like, wow. All right. And it lasted six months. And so that was a bit strange. And, it, and you know, cynics would probably think, well, this was a PR exercise and it was designed to elevate, you know, perhaps younger Gen Z type creators, you know, people from TikTok and other platforms, and they desperately want that kind of uh, creativity, that kind of uh, energy coming to LinkedIn. And perhaps that was an attempt to capture that. But it didn't really work for, let's say, an old hand like me and other people who, you know, who, who did not appreciate having a creator manager and then getting dropped. And then some people, some people getting 15k who really didn't, I don't think, deserve it. And I'm doing air quotes, right? Uh, some people are like, seriously, you've been on the platform for ages. You're doing really well. Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, you, you get 15K for what? Because you're a friend of LinkedIn? Yes. Yeah, so I'm not mentioning any names there, but that was, a, that was a bit smelly to me. I want to transition over to linking. This has been a, a conversation on LinkedIn among you LinkedIn experts for many, many years. Now they have said if you post a picture you're allowed to put a link in there. Or if you would do a video, you could put a link in there. Now, this episode, when it when I posted it on LinkedIn today, now we recorded this just yesterday. This is how wet the print is. If you remember print magazines and print newspapers, we literally recorded this yesterday on, on September 9th. And so I put the Apple podcast link in the post 
on LinkedIn. The reason why it's Apple Podcasts because over ninety percent of my downloads come from Apple Podcasts. So why would I want to you know put the the Spotify link there? How does linking work? We've heard post it, then go back and edit it, put the link in there. We've heard put it in the comments, and but now they're allowing you to put the link in the picture or the video. But if I put this. The, the, the Apple podcast link in my post. So it puts the playable link underneath. Do you know of how the, all this stuff is reaching? Does anybody really know how the, our reach is being affected by this? So it's, there are two questions there. It's how it's, how is it done? And, and, you know, what's the effect, the reach? Uh, I haven't played with it myself, Mark. Uh, I understand that it's something that you can only do on your mobile, which uh, on, on the app, which is fair enough, makes sense. So I haven't played with it. And I, I don't know. I've ha- I've seen other people with, you know, remark how easy it is. So that's good. In terms of reach, I think it's an interesting move by LinkedIn because for the longest time, and I think it's, I think it's a pervasive uh, thing, and and it's possibly true. You know, people have 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 declined, have not wanting, have not wanted to add a link because it's breaching the the walled garden, and they've said, well, look, every time I put a, an external link that takes you out of LinkedIn you know, that particular piece of content has not done well. So it's an interesting move by LinkedIn to counter that, I think, uh, by putting it on uh, something visually compelling, like uh, a picture or a video. So I think, I think that's a smart move. Will it, will it convince people, persuade people that to use external links? We'll, we'll see more testing required. Uh, certainly by me to, you know, properly evaluate it. The other thing that's coming along, which is, 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 I think, frankly, uh, more more exciting and potentially even sexy is uh, this um, it, this swipeable video content. It could be video, it could be static, it could be whatever content you want. But it's a it's a swipeable document, and you can go back and forth. And every time you go to the next page, it'll automatically start playing if it's a video. That's that's rolling out, and I think that's very cool. And I'll have I'll have fun doing that because I'm a fan of uh, you know the document slider. Mm-hmm. Liam, Liam Darmody loves that I called it a slider. Uh, the carousel type, <laughs> the carousel type post, and if this carousel then suddenly becomes multimedia, uh, I think that that's going to be really interesting. The other thing that is also apparently coming out is I've been critical of the feed for a long time too because it's a fire hose and it's a, a bit of a, a time suck because you can't really control it. I think mm-hmm. the two options are top and recent, and what you can't even do on the mobile, as far as I know. Right, I think that's correct. So there's a. It looks like there's an attempt to give tabs to the firehose of a feed. Oh wow! Yes. So I think one of the tabs is going to be newsletters. I think one is audio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's a smart move because that'll that'll make it'll make us a lot more organized and efficient. You'll love that efficient with your time yep. on LinkedIn. Where if let's say you only want to you know uh, browse through the latest audio or the latest newsletters, I forget what the other two categories are, but all of them made sense to me when I looked at this. And so that's that's coming out too, which will be great for folks who do want to have you know get more utility from from the feed. Before I talk to you about newsletters, I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, you mentioned TikTok a little earlier. For the longest time, TikTok would penalize you if not only if you said check link in bio or if you put a comment or even if you put like a podcast artwork that says, you know, listen on Apple Podcasts. Well, about two weeks ago, I started putting these static images on TikTok 
and it's would have the 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 artwork, the title, and all it would say is listen to the Apple Podcast. I didn't tell people where they can go. And all of a sudden I'm getting a lot of views. So apparently TikTok finally realized what we all know. We're not going to stay in your platform until we die. Okay. We are going to leave. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't penalize us, but you shouldn't penalize us as much because people are going to go on TikTok and they're going to leave. They're going to go on LinkedIn. They're going to leave. They're going to go on Instagram and they're going to leave. So I, I know the, I know the platforms know this. And we know this, but it's like the big elephant in the room. People don't want to talk about it, but people are going to come and go on platforms. That's the nature of social media. Yeah, I think it it it, it comes down to confidence. I think confidence in your users that not only yeah yes we're going to leave at some stage <laughs> we've got lives we've got we've got other things to do <laughs> other interests but guess what we'll always come back and you know LinkedIn TikTok other platforms should should be confident in that you know in that return so it, it is it is i think silly and short-sighted to create even even the the the, the feeling or the perception that oh i better you know i better not add this 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 link uh, that's that's not going to work for users and it's also going to create distrust and and you know ultimately it, it, that's not a good thing you want to build a, an environment that people are uh, comfortable in using and that there's high trust factor in 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 using it frankly 100%. So let's go to talk about newsletters because when newsletters first came out, everyone was sent all these notifications for all these newsletters and you can either subscribe or not. In my opinion, now I certainly don't spend as much time as you do on LinkedIn. Has the LinkedIn fad, if you will, for lack of a better word right now, has that kind of faded out? I mean, I don't see as many newsletters coming in my inbox as much and I'm subscribed to by 25 of them. I don't see them as frequently as I used to. Yeah. So it's, it's an inter interesting question. I don't think I've seen many newsletters either after, you know, the initial excitement of people getting the feature. So, and, and the weird thing about the newsletter thing is that the first one was gangbusters you know that went out to a significant portion of your you know your built up audience over over time so it went to a significant amount of connections uh, and followers and that's that's obviously you know that's a, that's a great thing because you finally you might be thinking finally i get to leverage all of uh, all of this community that i've built up over my brand but in subsequent editions you don't get that that uh, that you don't get any amount of that distribution which is really really frustrating especially if it you know you've had thousands upon thousands of people getting it the first time and then the second is you know um, a handful or you know n not not as many for sure so then it's out in the wild and then you've got to rely on building uh, new subscribers, you know, you've got to rely on people who have seen it, who have perhaps not followed or connected with you, but become subscribers. And that's not always easy to do, is it? Because you've got to have content that beats other content that also, you know, so it's competing uh, for attention and eyeballs, but also it has to perform some kind of function to, to get those new subscribers. Why would they want to subscribe to the, to see the next one? So it's really got to be your best content. Uh, for sure. And then the other thing, a weird decision marked by LinkedIn, is that the newsletter can be read in its entirety 
in in email. So you get it. You read mine in in your in your email uh, app, and therefore, where is the incentive to come back to the platform to actually engage, which is what gives it reach? So right. that that's an odd decision. Could LinkedIn have done something different? Yeah, they could have, for example, done a partial. So you only see the first few paragraphs, and then a see more that takes you back to the platform. They could have done something like that, or they could have done. You know, twenty percent get to see it entirely in their in their email uh, system, and the rest have to uh, only get notified that it's on LinkedIn. Uh, so that doesn't help. You know, it doesn't help building up a subscriber base. It doesn't help with building audience. Same thing, I guess. So, so that that's a weird implementation thing. When LinkedIn does stuff like this, I wonder. And I've been saying this a lot lately, which probably has a lot to do with my reduced reach. LinkedIn <laughs> are not eating their own dog food. And mm. so this expression essentially is, well, you know, the, the company is not using its own products or services. And I, I feel that's uh, a common theme when I see stuff like the newsletter being able to being able to view that entirely off platform. That that really doesn't make much sense to me. Got overwhelm? Then you need to get my free guide: Ten Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm, so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at overwhelmsucks.com. You know, it's interesting. I don't even have email newsletters go to my inbox. I always read them on LinkedIn. So that's interesting. That's interesting. But yeah. But you bring another good point up. I remember when I did my first Instagram reel, I got massive reach. And the first reel, the first newsletter always sucks. I think they should give you the massive reach like on your 30th because you don't know what you're doing your first time. And that's they true. give you the yeah. most reach on the first one. You're like, I'm just figuring this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there is, I mean, the first edition of the newsletter having such a big bang is something out of LinkedIn's playbook, right? Whenever there's a new feature, yeah. then the, you know, the, the, the common theory, and I think this is, this is true, is that LinkedIn will do everything possible within their power to make sure that it's a, it's a success to start with, right? Whether they maintain support in, in any way, that's another, that's another, another matter. But initially to start with, yeah, we want that big adoption, early adoption. And then, you know, uh, let's see how it goes, I guess. Let's go and talk about audio rooms. Now I know you're a big fan. You used to be a big fan of clubhouse. I don't know if you've used audio rooms, I have a friend of mine, Vicky O'Neill. She's been on the show before. She does audio rooms, I think, once a week. But right now, you can't download the audio. And what I'm looking for, and I, I want to know if you have any insights on this, if LinkedIn's going to give us the ability to actually download the audio, because I would like to repurpose it as a podcast. But right now, it's like you go in, blah, 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 and then it's over. So there's no replays, I guess, or you can't download it. So what are your thoughts on the audio rooms? Yeah, so I've, I've written, I tested uh, or LinkedIn audio extensively when I first got access to it. I was uh, one of the 3,500 beta testers. And so I put it through its paces and it left a lot to be desired I won't go, I won't go through all of the things, but you know, the first thing that, that, that struck me as, um, unusual is that they insisted on doing everything through the event system, uh, ah. event system. And that, that's problematic because I counted there was something like 12 steps that you had to take. Oh my goodness. 
And that's not including, you know, all the text that you might have to add to, you know, properly categorize and advertise it. Oh, and they insisted on every time that you set it up as an event, then it would automatically post without any choice in the matter. So you, once you set that up, oh, your event, okay. then, then there would be a post generated. It's like, seriously, I don't have any choice. So, and the, the problem, of course, for LinkedIn is we are comparing every social audio thing now with Clubhouse. And Clubhouse did a lot, uh, did a lot, lot of things right in that it was so easy to use. And so, you know, LinkedIn audio are not events. Social audio are, are conversations. They are rooms that you need to be able to, you know, uh, spring up uh, relatively uh, quickly and easily. And so that that was a that was an issue. The other issue, and I think it's still an issue, is uh, discoverability. Uh, you know, you need to get bums on seats. You need to mm-hmm. make sure that the people who are potentially interested are, are are advertised to whenever you set one of these things up. And that wasn't happening. And it blew my mind that initially with the beta, it, it wasn't anywhere near ready. You know, there were no listings to speak of. There were old audio events mingled with new ones. In so, calendar-wise, it was a it was a it was a hot mess, and so, I um I actually spoke to to one of the team, uh, well, the team responsible for LinkedIn Audio, and I gave them all of this feedback, and 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 it, I don't think they took much of it or any of it on board, which was disappointing. And then I wanted to. They said, "Look, we're we're grateful for 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 this uh, for doing this and for spending your time. What can we do for you? How about we'll give you premium for for a year or so?" I said, "Well, that's not going to work because I'm grandfathered in and I'm I don't want to destroy that because I'm getting a very good deal. Thank you very much." And I, I volunteered. I said, "You know what? Uh, what you could do for me is let me interview you. That the guy who was leading the program is leading the program." And he said, yeah, sure, that sounds good. And so actually, uh, I had a post and I said, look, I'm interviewing this guy. Let me let me have any of your questions about LinkedIn audio. So we got all these great questions. And then he said, ah, oh, yeah, but my uh, my PR department's going to have to be involved. Uh, so, so you can guess what you can guess what happened next, right? They, they shut it down. Wow. Even though he had agreed, even though the COO who I'm connected with, he said, sure, that sounds fine. You guys do, you know, do what you want. But they they said they'd come back to me. They never came back to me. PR never came back to me. And by that stage, I'd already decided, you know what? If he, he's a big boy, he can answer all the questions. It doesn't have to go through a filter, right? If he doesn't want to answer a question, then he just immerses. And he doesn't. And he doesn't answer it. I don't have to be vetted, Mike. You know, as a podcast, you don't want to be vetted. You want to answer. You want to ask the questions. And if you don't get an answer, then so be it. That's how you know. That's how adults do it, and it's ridiculous. And so, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm quite bitter about that because here I do something right for their team, and I give them all this hopefully valuable feedback as a user, and then I ask them to do one thing. I ask him, you know, I ask him for an interview. And I get I get the runaround. It's uh, mm. it's pretty it's pretty piss poor, if you ask me. Well, as you, we've talked numerous times before, you were on one of my LinkedIn lives, and you know I have this kind of meh attitude about LinkedIn. the The thing I use to describe it, the word I use to describe LinkedIn, is discombobulated. Okay, my favorite platform 
my fun platform is Snapchat. You can only do videos and text on there and pictures. Uh, TikTok is mainly videos. I think LinkedIn, they had stories, got rid of stories. They went LinkedIn Live. We're not going to do a built-in. We're going to make you do third party. But LinkedIn Audio is built in the platform, but it's it's kind of like a shell of Clubhouse. And so it's almost like they're, I don't know, they have ADHD or something. They're just like, let's try this. No, we're going to take stories down. Then we're going to try this. Then we're like the groups. And no, we're not going to do groups anymore. They just seem to be so scattered. And I think if they got their ducks in a row, I think they could easily be a major platform player. If you look at the iOS app store, they're like, like number 85 app. It's way down. And I know a lot of people in their twenties and thirties don't even go on LinkedIn because it's, they don't know what to do with it because it's, there's the feed, there's groups, there's all this other stuff. So talk to us about, cause one thing I like about you is you're really honest. You don't beat around the bush. You tell us what you really think. So tell us your thoughts about my opinion of that. They're discombobulated as a platform. Yeah, I mean, they are. They are, Mark, without a doubt. And I don't think there's much in terms of like future future planning, future strategy. I think some of this is let's throw let's throw it against a wall and see and see what <laughs> sticks. So, for example, the the, the big the big example, the the, the classic example of, of 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 that discombobulation is a they're a publishing house, but it's 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 a weird one it, i don't think they they thought they would have this amount of uh, this amount of success i don't think they would get all of these people creating content on the daily for them and i think they they've they've got a system that is probably inefficient and not really working well you know they've got 50 or so editors that rely on a funnel type approach so they must be getting f- millions of different pieces of content bubbling up and then they've got to choose. Okay, which content do we give additional reach? What do we sh- what do we let die naturally? What do we shut down? Right. Th- those those are the three essential decisions that these LinkedIn editors make. And that must be it's a it's a hard job. I think in particular, I think they've got to have some kind of policy or, or some guidelines that they 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 adhere to. I bet they're constantly changing, uh, etc. So that's 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 a, a difficulty. What they what they don't tend to do, I don't think, well, is they're not very good at spotting talent and lifting, you know, the lone creator up who is who's got who's got uh, you know got a great voice, got got talent, got great content to produce, and I think they can often be missed if they're not bubbling up, especially if they're new and they don't have any kind of audience built up around them. But the audience piece is also interesting, isn't it? Because although we are able to get thousands upon thousands of so-called followers, they don't actually matter because you've got these restrictive algorithms that don't don't care, frankly, that you've built up all of these followers. So if you if you you know you say, oh I like Andy's stuff, I'm gonna click follow, and then you'll sit back and if you didn't know better, you'd think, well that's all I need to do, right? I'm gonna get served Andy's content now that I've clicked follow. No. That's that is that is summarily ignored. That vote of you voting voting to follow me is ignored because the algo intervenes and it 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 doesn't care about what you just what you just did. So that's that's a problem. And you've got to ask, well, why does LinkedIn do that? Why why does it still insist on putting an algo between me and people who want to follow my content? And it's ultimately a, a control question. It's it's well. We don't want Andy getting too big. We don't want him having this huge audience and we don't want him building any kind of anything permanent on our, you know, on rented, on rented land. 
Uh, that is the only thing that I've come up with. That's the only only answer I can think of in terms of that that weird dislocation between building a tribe and that you know the people that actually get to see any kind and uh, any, any any amount of your your your, your content. So that discom- discombobulation is is real. The groups thing again. Lack of future planning. They they had no idea that they would become this mega publishing house. They had no idea that people would want to join groups and commune and 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 coalesce around certain areas, topics, interests, etc. Really, you had no idea that was going to happen. Well, guess what? It has happened, and I have I have uh, many groups, and they're still building despite. You know the the crappy infrastructure that is groups today. They're still building. So what does that tell you, LinkedIn? Well, you've got a product which you have not been able to monetize. I firmly believe that as soon as LinkedIn figure out how to monetize groups, similarly to to Clubhouse and clubs, right? They did that from straight off the bat, right? They they realize okay, well, you've got to give some incentive to the people who want to run communities. All right. So yes, we're going to let them charge for certain aspects. No, from day one with groups, LinkedIn said, "Uh, uh-uh, no commercialization of groups. You cannot do it, and 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 we w- we will not let you do that." It's like, why? Well, what what skin off their nose is it? And also, you know, what what other incentive is there? The only incentive for running a group used to be the ability to reach a lot, many of those those group uh, members by sending a weekly announcement. What did LinkedIn do? They took it away. <laughs> it's like, great. Why do you do that? And the other very worrying thing, Mark, I came, came across this a few weeks ago. There's a part in LinkedIn Help that says that they can delete LinkedIn groups based on inactivity. Now, that's a problem. Wow. Yeah, big deal. That's a problem because they do not define inactivity. So oh, therefore, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so therefore, I yeah, in my post uh, I, where I rung the alarm and said, "Listen, is this the way they're going to kill groups?" And it is right because they can quite clearly go to any group and they can say, "Hmm, inactive." Yeah, I wonder why. Maybe you had a part in that LinkedIn, right? Wow. Okay, we'll close it. Yeah, we'll close it. And guess what? No appeal. Nothing. It's gone, deleted. So someone like me who's, who started with groups and has built all of these communities around, uh, around different topics, et cetera, and they're still building, they might, be, they might not be active publicly. They might not ha- be having conversations. But you don't know if they're sparking internal conversations between group members. You don't know the other facets. Well, maybe you do, like having that as a, a way to connect. Dear Mark, you and I are a member of X Group. I'd love to, on that basis, I'd love to, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, the, that is, is sneaky. It's shady, frankly. And if that happens, then LinkedIn will, will not live that down. People will, will be seriously peed off that that's mm-hmm. the way that they, uh, they kill groups. I, you know, I don't like Facebook because I don't like the Mark Zuckerberg empire, but I got to give it to them. They're groups. They are how groups should be run. And Absolutely. all LinkedIn's got to do is look at Facebook groups. Right? It's not that hard. No, no, it's not. Exactly. That's what Facebook is. Is One of the few things that Facebook does really well. I have one too. And it's it's night and day. And, and guess what? Add some incentives for the group, the people that want to run these things, because it takes time. And time mm-hmm. is precious. As I said, no skin off their nose if they were to do that. But uh, they're not serious. And also, they're time wasters. LinkedIn had a few years ago, they said, oh, yeah, we're going to rejuvenate groups. Let's yeah, have I remember meetings. that. 
yeah, so they, they got all these people, uh, very earnest and, and, and passionate people. They got, I'm sure they got great feedback. And then what did they do? Nada. Nothing. So, <laughs> I mean, do you not understand that what effect this kind of, this kind of stuff has on people? They will remember, they don't forget, Mark. They don't forget that kind of bad treatment. Frankly, mm. it's just not the way that you treat your members. You are so refreshingly honest. So many people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, mess around and, and talk bad, but you know, these are real issues. And I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and being honest with us. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that we didn't get a chance? We talked a lot on the, about a lot of things about LinkedIn today, but is there anything else that is on your heart that you want to share with us today before we wrap yes. up? Yes, absolutely. Purple baby. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, 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 we went there. We went there. Yeah, no. Self-liking. Stop it. Uh, pods. Stop it. Oh, pods. Yes. Tell us, <laughs> tell us why pods are not a good idea. Well, first of all, for those who are listening and don't know what a pod is, define a pod and then tell yeah. us why they're not good. So in a nutshell, a pod is a is the systematic manipulation or attempt to manipulate the algo into thinking that the content, the piece of content uh, is probably uh, better than it seems. And quite simply, what happens is you, you, a group of people come together and they start to react and comment on pod c content. So it's prearranged, it's pre-agreed, and they, they are doing this for one purpose, and that is to trick the algo into thinking that this piece of content is appreciated and is being engaged upon. And it probably doesn't work. It probably never worked. And as I say, LinkedIn data scientists are probably looking for it and know, know when it happens and know how to know how to kill it. But nonetheless, pods are real on LinkedIn. People are desperate for any kind of, any, any, any way to get maximum reach. And it's also pretty obvious because most pod comments are short because they're not really, you know, then they're, they're not really invested in the piece of content. So often if you see short comments like, I agree, or this is amazing, or you're amazing, I love this, uh, etc. These, you know, these very short sentences are just a flyby comments, usually made, uh, made by pod members. And so it's obvious that, 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 that's what's happening. And so if we can see it, certainly LinkedIn can see it, but you only have to look at the content to see whether or not, you know, this engagement is warranted or real. Uh, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's a no, no, don't do that folks. And I can understand why newbies might want to do that because they don't know better, frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, but once you do that, yeah, you, you, you also damage your brand because people can see that you, you are potentially a member of a, uh, a pod. Yeah, I want to go back to uh, something you said about reach and the number of followers. I know people that have over a hundred thousand, a couple of over five hundred thousand followers, and when they post content, three four days later, they got like two comments and four likes. So I'm thinking to myself, based on what you said on the show today, is that they may have 500,000 followers, but they may only have a handful of people actually saw that content. Yeah, it's true that within, you know, within those thousands upon thousands of so-called followers, you've got super fans and the super fans, the people that will turn up often and regularly for you and not just react, but actually engage and have conversations with you around your content. Those are key. And, and every, you know, I think not every, but most most creators have those people uh, in their in their. I was going to say pocket, but that's that's the wrong. They have them circle. In, yeah, in in their circle. In your God, I'm struggling. I was doing so well. <laughs> yeah, so they they have your back basically. 
and and those people are essential and you know there there are friends there are supporters uh, you can call them super fans and they come and go right so uh, what i've noticed over the years is you'll get a different set of people that keep coming in some people uh, become less active for whatever reason and that's that's your tribe that's the those are the folks that are uh, key to giving you that 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 amount of reach if it, as i've said before if your content is great but it's read in silence then LinkedIn will think that it's it's not great, it, you know, mm-hmm. that it's it's the opposite. So you really, really de- need to have conversation. You you need to generate conversation around your content. Well, I know people based on this conversation are going to know want to know more about you, and I know you're going to tell us go to LinkedIn and look up Andy Foot with an E. But is there someplace else you want them to go, or is LinkedIn the the main place? Yeah, LinkedIn is the main place. I used I used to have a blog. And I shut that down. I was going to shut it down anyway because I wanted to try a different model. But LinkedIn came along and said, oh, you got LinkedIn in your domain name. So, yeah, you can't do that. And oh, wow. Like, really? Oh, yeah. They cracked out. I, it was always going to be a possibility. I knew that, you know, but I was operating for almost 10 years with that wow. domain. And then I told uh, some of my friends who also have LinkedIn in their domain name and say, hey, listen, this happened to me. Just make sure you got a plan B. So that that's what happened to LinkedInsights.com. I, I decided not to fight it because it could have simply been, you know, linked insights instead of LinkedIn sites. But I decided, what's the point? And by the way, you know, I want to go to a different a different format. I was thinking of ghost ghost.org medium as ways to put my content behind, you know, some kind of paywall where I stopped giving it all the way for free. Uh, and I wanted to try that model because, you know, the blog was great. It was great for, you know, while it lasted. And that's, that, that was my thinking. So that's why uh, I don't have a website anymore. My only website right now, apart from my podcast, uh, footnotes.com uh, with an E is, is LinkedIn. Those two, those two are the places I hang. About two months ago, I invested in Amy Porterfield's class called List Builder Society, and she talks about you need to have one platform, not social media. So mine is my podcast because, as we know, in the last couple of years, they can just delete your profile, and they don't have to tell you, and they don't have to explain it. But if you have an email list or you have a podcast, you own that. It's yours. And I just want people to think about it. When people tell me they got a domain and it points to their Facebook page, I'm like, oh, no, that's not a good thing. Because all they have to do is say, well, your name's Mark. We're going to delete all the Mark profiles. And you, you, there's nothing you can do because, like you said, you don't own the platform. You're renting it. And they can just kick you off at any time. So I just want the listener to understand that. Andy, it's always a pleasure talking to you, sir. I love your accent. I love that you are refreshingly honest. You don't pull any punches. Thank you for being here. Mark, such a pleasure. Thanks, bud, for having me a second time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really appreciate your time and attention. Before you go, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you have not subscribed to this podcast in your podcast player of choice, would you do that right now? This way, every time a new episode comes out, you will be informed. Second thing is, while you are subscribing, please consider leading a rating and a review 
review. This helps the podcast get discovered. And the third thing, I know I'm asking a lot of you. The third thing is, if you know of someone who can use this episode right now, why don't you just share it with them? Every podcast player that I'm aware of makes it really easy to share an episode. So if you're thinking of a family, a colleague, a neighbor, a friend who needs to hear this episode, go ahead and hit that share button and send this podcast to them right away so I can help them like I helped you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back real soon with a brand new episode.